In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, fellow redeemed. You know, it isn't easy being a parent. The erosion of faith in our moral values, in our society these days, along with the myriad of increasing pressures on our children, makes parenting a formidable challenge. Most parents have really an easy, a relatively easy role compared with those people who face the challenge of raising a child that is physically handicapped or mentally challenged, or burdened, I guess, with a, another form of difficulty. And some parents spare no expense by trying to find the most helpful program or medication for their child. In our gospel lesson for this morning, we find such a parent, such a mother. She was a Canaanite woman, searching long and hard to get relief for her demon-possessed daughter. If you read the, as we read the gospel lesson for this morning, you can almost sense her frustration and her dilemma. You can almost feel the tension that she was experiencing. She looked high and low for someone to give her the help that she needed and longed for. Perhaps she went, first of all, to the doctors or physicians that was available at that time. She maybe ran every lead down in hope that someone might help her to know where to get help so that her daughter might find relief. All this time and effort she had put forward came up empty with no avail. And most people, I guess, would have just thrown their hands up in despair and would have given up, but not this mother. After all the leads that she ran down, she had one more option, and that is turning to Jesus for help and hope. And she hears about Jesus visiting the region of Tyre, and she may have been a God-fearer who trusted in the true and living God. She may have come into contact with the Old Testament books from one source or another, and from that she came to faith. Or she may have heard of Jesus' teaching and miracles. And certainly what happened to the experience or witness the many miracles, they did not keep this a secret after all, good news travels fast. And she may have had that opportunity of one time or another to listen to Jesus as he took the time to talk about the good news of salvation through that contact, she then became a believer. She may have come to believe that this man was no ordinary prophet, but that he was that promised Messiah, that son of David. Now, whatever that reason might have been, she goes out and she searches. And he was the only one who could help her in this desperate time of need. And even though when she found Jesus, she was behind the eight ball, so to speak. She had no reason to expect any help from Jesus. After all, she was a Gentile. She was not the person of that chosen race, the Jews, that Jesus had come to save. 
She was a, des- a, a descendant of the Canaanite, ancient enemies of the Israelites. And these were people in the Old Testament that God had commanded that the children of Israel should wipe out when they came to the promised land. They were the people who did not worship the true God, but served idols. She was behind the eight ball because Jesus came, likely when she came to him, would would not help her because he was there maybe for a different reason, to rest from from his busy schedule of teaching and healing. This was a time he could spend some valuable private time with his disciples, perhaps reinforcing what he had been teaching all along. No, Jesus may not even have time for her. And yet when she finds Jesus, she cries out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is suffering terribly from a demon possession. It's strange, isn't it? So out of character, instead of responding to her plea, he's silent. It almost seems like he's ignoring her. Jesus' disciples weren't any help. They said, get her away. They were kind of embarrassed by the strange way that this woman was whining and causing commotion with her constant plea for help. The disciples could tell that, yes, she doesn't need our help because she's in the wrong kind of the the religion. She's in the wrong side of the tracks. Why should Jesus take time to help this foreigner anyway? They plead to Jesus, just get rid of her so that we can have some peace. Jesus relied to her or replied to her is quite strange, isn't it? When she kind of snidely says, I was sent only to the house of Israel or the lost sheep of Israel. Many a person would have stopped right there and gone home, but not this woman. This woman is persistent, and she knows that that request is important, so she keeps following them and keeps crying out for help. And Jesus responds by testing her faith. He says it's not right to take the children's bread and to toss it to the dogs. On the surface, it sounds like Jesus was calling her a dog, but she responds. But even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. All she wanted from Jesus was a crumb. And those crumbs would be sufficient to heal her daughter. In this dialogue and the process that Jesus teaches his disciples and teaches us some much needed lessons. Here is an example of a great faith. This Canaanite woman expressed a humble, confident faith. She knows that Jesus can help her. She ignores the scorn of the disciples. She ignores Jesus' silent treatment and his apparent rebuff. She humbly and worshipfully kneels before Jesus, comes as a beggar before her master. She pleads for mercy and help for her daughter. You can readily see that this woman would do anything so that her daughter might be cured. We also must come before God 
before our Lord in a humble way with a confident faith. We too have no right to expect help from our Lord because of who we are, because of our sinfulness, because of our rebellion. We too come as beggars to the master, pleading for his mercy. And Jesus responds to our faith, filled by sharing us with the fullness of his kindness and forgiveness which he earned for us on the cross. Our baptism into Christ and our trusting faith in him gives us the confidence that God will be gracious and bless us, as the psalmist says. Secondly, the Canaanite woman gives evidence of a childlike trusting faith. She places her hope and her trust in the hands of the man from Galilee. She believes that Jesus can rescue her daughter from that grip of Satan. Many of us have taken perhaps a grandchild or a ch our child on a hike across terrain that was pretty difficult to move about. It might be up and down a, spe a, a steep bank or a rickety bridge that we have to cross. And that child or grandchild grasps on our hand tightly and pleads, don't let go. And when we assure him that, assure them that they are safe in our grasp, they will have the courage and confidence to go forward with us. They trust that they will, that we will hold on to them and not let go. And in a much greater way, Jesus can be trusted to hang on to us, no matter what the dangers or the obstacles we may face along life's way. We too go forward in faith, following Jesus and serving him with the confidence that nothing, as Paul says, will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Several years ago, the Billy Graham Evangelicalistic Association sponsored a hymn writing contest. And they received quite a few hymns, original hymns. And one entry that never won the prize and probably never made it to any hymnal was entitled, God's Grip Don't Slip. And now that's not good grammar. But the message is clear. No one can snatch us out of the grip of our loving and powerful Savior. Jesus has rescued us from the grip of Satan through his perfect life, his victorious death, and his triumphant resurrection. And we are safe and secure in his mighty grip now and forever. That Canaanite woman is blessed with a patient and persistent faith. She patiently waits for Jesus to, her, to respond to her cry for mercy. She endured the silence and what could have seemed like scorn. And she prayfully and persistently pleads for Jesus to help her daughter. She has faith in Jesus that will not let go. This faith was rewarded by the healing of her daughter. In fact, Jesus comments how great a faith that she had. He had not seen that a faith like hers. No, not even in Israel. And if you look at Scripture, no other comment was made. There was only one time other than this 
that Jesus made such a comment. And it was when he was asked to heal the centurion's servant. There are times when we must wait patiently for the Lord to answer our prayers. Sometimes it may seem to us that he is silent for a long period of time. He seems so, so, so far away. He may be waiting for the right time to respond when it's good for us. And during this time of waiting, our faith in Christ is often strengthened. Perhaps going to what we're going through right now with this, with this virus and all the things that's happening in our, in our country. We see we have gone through prayer since March. And yet it's, it seems that nothing really positive has taken place. We might be asking, at least in a little thought, where is God anyway? Why hasn't he removed this from us? Why can't we get back to normal? God is in control. He will help in his time. And Jesus, though, encourages us to be persistent in our prayer for mercy and for help and do not just ask one time and quit. We are to go to his throne often with our prayers, our wants, our needs, and our desires. God often speaks to us in the midst of silence. In the days of King Ahab in Israel, when Elijah was hiding from King Ahab and Queen Jezebel, God spoke to Elijah. He sent a wind, he sent a fire, he sent an earthquake, but God was not in that. He was in a small, gentle voice, in a gentle whisper. He speaks to us today in a gentle whisper through word and sacrament. And through both of those, our faith grows, and we find the strength to be comforted in our time of need. And when we're patient and persistent in our prayers, through our prayers we discover the fullness of God's power and the fullness of his peace. When we receive his answers to our prayers, he will, according to his time and his, his timetable. A husband was seriously ill in the hospital for several days, critically. And during that time, his wife took literally the admonition of St. Paul, pray continually or pray without ceasing. As his recuperation began to pro progress rapidly, he said to his wife one day, I think God answered your prayers so that God would have some peace and quiet. Jesus did not answer the prayers of this Canaanite woman so that he could have peace and quiet. He answered her prayer and our prayer so that we might have his peace and hope as we receive anew his mercy and strength and comfort, no matter what that outcome might be. There are times when our faith may become weak, but we live in that confidence and the assurance that God's grip won't slip. He will never let us go. Amen.